Hey, this is Jay. Before we start the episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news. Calibra was just named a leader in the 2023 Forrester Wave Report for data governance solutions. If you don't know what the Forrester Wave is, it's essentially a guide for us buyers considering options for software. If you want to get to know Forrester a bit better, go back and check out our recent episodes with Raluca Alexandru and Michelle Getz from Forrester. I love these conversations. We had a total blast. And I can't resist making a plug here either. To learn more about the report, go to Calibra.com slash data download dash Forrester Wave dash DG. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes as well, so that it's easy for you to navigate to them and check out those reports. All right, back to the show. This is the Data Download, your guide to upping your game when it comes to managing and accessing data in your organization. For Calibra, I'm your host, Jay Millich. So as many of you know, I get to work for one of Calibra's co-founders, Stan Christians. He's our chief data citizen. In anticipation of our upcoming annual conference, Data Citizens 22, we wanted to dive in a bit deeper on that term. We spent a few minutes discussing that unique title and everything about what it means to be a data citizen and what kinds of data citizens there are. Most importantly, we talked about the why of it. It's all about the opportunity for everybody to create and capture value from data. All right. Hey, Stan. Hey, hey, Jay. So, Stan, I I had a few questions for you. You're our chief data citizen here at Calibra. So can you tell us what that means? Uh, What does the term data citizen mean? That's a good question, uh, Jay. Thanks. And I've had a lot of hats in Calibra and really happy to be having, I think, the only chief data citizen hat in the world at this time. And we'll dive into that a little bit. But um, for us at Calibra, we like to think of a data citizen as anyone who uses data to do their job. And if you think about today's organizations, that's a lot of people. There's people who are somehow entering data in their systems that they use every day. There's people who are consuming reports to make decisions and a whole bunch of uh, other stakeholders. For example, people who deal with privacy issues from a legal context, for example, or security. All of those are people who use data to do their job and we call them data citizens. The reason we do that is because we want to make very clear when it comes to building a data intelligent organization, Everyone in the organization who touches data has to understand that data is an asset to get advantages out of, but also to take care of in some way. So it sounds like there are there are all sorts of different kinds of data citizens, right? You, know, you mentioned data scientists and, and those sorts of things, but really everybody is a data citizen. Sounds like all of this relates to what we would call data literacy skills throughout an organization, right? So... Tell me a little bit more about like the different kinds of data citizens and how does that relate to skills that people have to have no matter what your role is? At a minimum, it starts by quote unquote being aware that you are a data citizen, right? So there is data in the organization. I can find it. I can understand it. I can use it in some way. I have certain responsibilities about it. For example, I shouldn't just copy it around. So there's a base level of knowledge around data that you should have and that starts with awareness. But then it fans out, I would say, depending on where you are in the organization. So let's imagine that you're an executive 
and you're being served with beautiful self-service BI dashboards in your favorite tool. Right, right. And, you know, they show the most magnificent bar charts and pie charts. I'm a big fan of, of pie charts. Let me rephrase. I'm a big fan of pie, <laughs> not pie charts. Um, but, uh, so, you know, as that executive, you're supposed to know certain things about how you analyze that reports in front of you. So right, right. You know, you're supposed to know biases. You're supposed to be asking some questions about maybe underlying assumptions, right? You're supposed to be able to interpret trends. Uh, you know, what if the line is linear versus extra uh, exponential? Mm-hmm. These are all skills that, that you as, a, as an executive in that sense should have so that you can distill the insight in that report into a, a meaningful decision. Let's say you're a data scientist, for example. Well, you know, machine learning models and retraining and, and monitoring and production and going from Python to a data engineer's live data product. Let's say you're a regular analyst. Then it boils down to knowing what data is available, knowing how you can process it, how you can access it, right? Uh, how you should turn that raw data into that insight. So I would say that everyone in the organization, depending on their role, they have different data literacy skills that they should learn and keep current because there's always new um, right. skills out there. Right. There's always new things to learn. So your role as chief data citizen, tell us about what that role entails for you. I, I get to work for you, so, so I know a little bit, but let's expand on that. You know, is this, is this another name for a chief data officer? Tell, tell us more. We're going back a few years, not too many. Our organization was growing. So systems and processes became more important. And we sort of said, okay, it's time to put our money where our mouth is and set up our own data office, just like so many of our customers already have. And they'll have somebody who leads that data office. So typically that's, that's um, a chief data officer or some similar kind of beautiful title. And their responsibility is to make everyone in the organization think about data as an asset, just like the CFO does that for money, right? So for a CFO, they make you think about, you know, expenses and budgeting processes. For the CDO, it's sort of similar, but then for the data asset. So then uh, Felix and I were talking and Felix uh, said, okay, you can run the data office and let's call you the chief data citizen. So we purposefully chose not to call my title the chief data officer. Because we want to be very clear at Colibra to say, okay, the data citizen is important, right? So when you consider the data asset, you have to consider the people that will operate that data asset in some way, those data citizens. So for us, it's really a clear message we want to bring to the market. The data citizen is important and it's the leader of the data office, the chief data uh, officer, the chief data citizen. Call it whatever you want. It's their role to make that awareness about the data asset happen. So uh, how do we translate that into Colibra? When I took on that, that role, I said, okay, what do I have to do here? What's the first step? And I said, okay, let's first set up a data strategy. And in that strategy, we said, okay, we'll be our own best customer. We'll build and support the building of data products. And we'll take care of our own data infrastructure at Colibra. And in doing all of that, also in privacy-aware and an ethically-aware context. So that's my responsibility as a chief data citizen at Colibra. At you know, very generic level, we're trying to make everyone think about data as an asset in the company, all the data citizens. And at a specific level, it's the data strategy with the three pillars that I just mentioned. 
So you mentioned a few times data as an asset, raising awareness around that. And I think really getting intentional about treating data as an asset. And you threw the word money in there a few times too. <laughs> but what are your thoughts around how to, how to be intentional, visible, and let's say measurable around data products, elevating from asset to product and that kind of product thinking? What's, what are your thoughts on that? So data product comes back in a number of trends in our industry, which means, okay, it's not just, you know, one person's idea, but it's actually almost a movement that's happening in the industry. And the reason for that, I believe, is because I've experienced that if you talk to business stakeholders, especially the ones maybe who did their MBA, I don't know, 30 years ago or something like that, Mm -hmm. data hasn't always been a topic in people's education. So For a lot of people who've never ran a SQL query, they think maybe data is this magical sauce that almost automatically does things for them. But it takes a lot of work. It can be quite messy. Mm -hmm. So for them, oftentimes, data can be a very alien concept. When you want to convince business stakeholders like that to invest in data, you have to show to them how data is going to speak in their language. And business stakeholders know the language of money. And in that sense, they're used to working with products and services. And then if you think about data as a product, a data product, then that's the shortest conceptual distance between the data and the dollar. Because now the business stakeholder knows I'm making and offering this data product and it solves a certain problem. It's really about very clear value. What problem does the data product solve and for whom? When you apply the product thinking around it, you quickly step into the discipline of, of product management, for example, right. which teaches you, okay, who is actually going to be a stakeholder, user, consumer, what have you, of this product? And what problem is that product going to solve for them? Uh, so you have a whole aspect of the ideation, the creation of a product, and a bunch of steps in between, typically with prototypes and iteration and feedback and monitoring how it's used in production and and so on and so forth. But ultimately, at the end of such a process, there's also a sunsetting. Sometimes products are deprecated by their future versions or they're just not necessary. It almost seems like, let's say, we talked about data literacy skills for different roles around an organization for all kinds of data citizens. I guess data people need product management skills too, something that may not be native to data thinking. So profit and loss, return on investment in making that data product a high quality data product. So there's a, there's a, lot, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of need, I think, for, for education on these sorts of skills out there. Let's get back to that data citizen term. We at Calibra have a uh, annual data citizens conference and you're, you're a co-founder. So I'm really curious, tell us about the very first data citizens conference. Why do we call it that? What happened? Ooh, Jay, now you're testing my brain. (laughs) (laughs) The very first one. So uh, I don't even know when was that again. It must have been 2017 or 2018, something in that vicinity. So yes, we've been throwing a conference like that every year, right? The idea is all the stakeholders that uh, are in our customers get together and they learn from each other, right? So it's a unique conference in the sense that there's all these peers on this data intelligence topic. You know, maybe there's a newly minted CDO. Maybe they have like five years of experience. Maybe they're more coming from a privacy background or a data science background. So it's really a mix of data people. And uh, since we started doing it again, 
2016, 17, 18. Uh, but for us, when we did that, Calibra was a bit smaller still then. Right. Right. So it was it was a big endeavor. And when we organized it, what we noticed is that people really loved it. And they loved to be able to learn from each other in this evolving data profession, if you will. And then we asked feedback. And the main feedback that we got was we want to see more customers on the stage. Mm. And we want more time to network and learn from our peers. So we put more customers on the stage and paid more time to network. As for feedback, same feedback. More customers, more time to network. <laughs> and that's been going on ever since. Wow. So from that, we, we took away that this data citizenship is, is a real thing, right? People need to feel some kind of kinship, need to learn from each other in, in this uh, evolving profession. And we've been just making it bigger every year. We've had some downturns, like when COVID hit, Unfortunately, there was no more physical activity, so we took it online. Right. And we've also done like many data citizens events. We've done earlier in the year, we did a tour where we did, I believe, London, Amsterdam, Paris, and uh, Frankfurt. And I'm really looking forward to this time in a couple of weeks in San Diego to the big sunny data citizens event. Yes, me too. Me too. I can't wait. Uh, so the theme of this year's conference is called... Uh, thrive with data. So, you know, not just to drive your organization with data, right, but to thrive. So what does that mean to you? You know, maybe we can give a, a little thought now about what, what that means, best practices uh, on how to thrive with data. What do, you, what do you think about that? Well, when I think about thrive, I think about uh, not just using something, right, but really making a lot of progress uh, for it. So that's both at an individual level, right? So imagine that you're a data proficient XYZ, and this, you're really at the edge, like for example, for chief data officers, they're really at the edge of a, a newly evolving discipline. This job, if you will, is only about 10, 15 years yeah. old, right? Where it went from just a handful of them to now over 20,000. So you want to thrive as an individual in that newly developing uh, career. But then also you want to have your organization thrive because of those data products that you make. When you talk about best practice, you'll see me take it back to that monetization aspect, which I think is crucial, needs to be part of any data strategy. That's where the data products and the process and the responsibility around it. Yeah. So you and I lead this data office here. Uh, how do you think we're doing? <laughs> right? Are we, are we thriving with data? What are we doing to drive uh, and thrive uh, using data? What are your thoughts? Well, when I compare it to before we started in data office or in the very early days when it was um, a skeleton crew being just me and a, and a colleague, I wouldn't say that we were necessarily driving. People were doing stuff with data and that was working. But when I took on the role and we set up the data office and I started looking into this a bit closer, I realized, okay, there's a lot of progress we can make here, right? There's a lot of maturity we can increase. There's a lot of collaboration uh, we can facilitate between colleagues and departments and processes. And there's probably a lot more advantages that we can get uh, out of it. So are we thriving right now? I think in a number of ways, we've I've seen some very exciting data products come out, like the churn model that we worked on with Spencer, the maturity index that we're working on. So some really exciting internal data products, hopefully soon some external ones as well. And we've also seen that connective tissue of data citizens across the organization grow. I'm sure you've seen it, Jay, right? So new people come into Colibra. You don't know them, we don't know them, but we now have this community of 
data analysts across the company mm -hmm. where we regularly share stories like, hey, how did you do this? What did you work on? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we should collaborate. You get sort of that serendipity of having that network of data citizens. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing that I love to watch them the most is that community of analytics professionals all around the organization succeeding with data that they get to manage, that they get to produce their own data products uh, for their different departments, right? Whether it's product operations or marketing or, or, or sales or otherwise, it's exciting to get to, well, to help them, to enable them and to, you know, hear them talk. They get to be the heroes, right? You know, for their, for their groups. So that I feel like it is thriving. I think we have some work to do ourselves on that ROI measure front, right? We're looking forward to gearing that up too. Well, uh, if I think about the thriving a little bit more, like you said, there's always more work to do. There's new people who join. There's new skills to always learn. There's new data products to continuously make. And when you've set up certain processes, like for example, earlier in the year, we were working on uh, trusted business reporting, which is a very popular case with our customers too. And it takes me back to some of the early days of Kudibra. I think in maybe even 2009 or something, we were seeing with some of our early um, customers, use cases like an executive getting reports in from five or so direct reports and the number being very different. So imagine you're a CEO and you're asking how many customers do you have, right? And then maybe your finance person says, oh, we have 5,000 customers. And your salesperson says, we have 500,000 customers. Now you're a CEO, so you're thinking, okay, if we have 5,000 customers, I need to hire more salespeople. If we have 500,000 customers, I maybe need to hire more support people. The decisions are couldn't be more different. And turns out what's happened with the self-service BI situation, now everybody can make those dashboards and there's not necessarily that data product discipline around it, right? So they're throwing up the bar charts and the pie charts and the numbers don't add up. I still see it out there. So that trusted business reporting is an approach by which you say, you know, we're going to avoid this problem ever happening, right? That we're going to make sure that when an executive sees his dashboards, it's like certified gold so that they know where the data came from and what it means and all that good stuff. So that's one of the, the processes that we set up early in, in the year. And when you set it up, to go from the start and make sure everybody's adopted and all the reports are certified. That's one step that takes time and that takes people to get engaged. But then afterwards, new data products are getting built. And then you want to make sure that that's embedded in the business as usual process. So when you start one of those use cases and there's dozens of them, then you're always going to continuously try to make them better. Trying to make them better continuously that's Kaizen or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, continual improvement, uh, right? That's driving, right? Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's absolutely right. And, and I think it works at all the levels. You know, it starts with the data. If we're certifying the quality of our data, right? Ownership, quality, thoroughness, et cetera. And then different analysts are making use of that data. They're all starting from that certified, right, starting point so that you've got consistent data leading to consistent KPIs and measures, right? Which then lead to consistent reporting. That certification process is, is super valuable. We're really proud that we've been able to adopt that and begin rolling that out. So I'd call that thriving here. That's, uh, that's been a lot, of, a lot of fun. And for yourself, maybe, Jay, if I can bounce this back, 
Uh, I mentioned the driving. There's, uh, you know, as an organization, you're getting more value out of data, et cetera, et cetera. But as a person, how do you feel having come into Kudibra? Are you driving in your data career, seeing all this happen? Yeah, well, we're doing this podcast, right? So, so absolutely. We get to speak with customers and the market about data challenges, data successes, uh, all sorts of things. And there, there is so much that we've learned in our own data office from our customers and, and from other partners in, in the market. I have to say it has significantly accelerated our ability to thrive just by being a part of this larger community where we get to bounce ideas off of each other with our customers. And well, the network of the community of people is also thriving. And what's impressive to me is the thirst for knowledge among everybody, whether it's on a topic of data mesh or certification uh, that we just talked about or monetization. There's this desire to just learn, see what the art of the possible is, try things, experiment with things, demo to each other. And again, we're talking about internally here within Calibra, but also, again, with, with customers and partners. And, and folks are showing, showing off what they've, what they've accomplished, even if it's a prototype, even if it's a demo, even if it's a, you know, an experiment. And we're all of us, we're all learning at the same time. And exactly. uh, it accelerates each of our journeys. You're never going to be done. It's like when you have um, an engineering community, you're an engineer, you go work and learn with your peers because there's new frameworks and now the cloud is there, et cetera. Or when you're a legal professional and you're learning from your peers, the same thing is true here in this data profession and the data citizen land, if you will, in that community, we're also learning from each other. For example, what we did recently on, on um, the up and coming topic of the data mesh, right? When we said, okay, that's an interesting architecture as well as social governance framework almost that's married at the hip. Let's apply this in our own data office, right? In the way that we do data products. And then we noticed the interest with our customers and we set up a group to actually discuss this, right? Because this is an evolving concept. So in this community that we've started, they're leading the conversation with each other. And, you know, I get to be a moderator and also a student at the same time. So that has been a blast. And, and I think the Data Citizens Conference, this will be my first one. I'm imagining it, it'll just be a big giant version of that. Like you said, every, every year you, you've seen feedback, more customers, more networking. There's this desire to learn and then, well, and then show off. And I, I think that's awesome. So, so I, I can't wait. Same here, actually. I've been in San Diego a lot, but it's been ages since I've been there. So yeah. apart from the conference, the location itself is um, also quite exciting. Love it. Can't wait. Do we have to do an outro too? Like, hey, Jay, see you in San Diego. Or I think you just did. <laughs> Want even more insight into managing your data? Visit Calibra.com slash podcast for additional resources on the topics covered in our show. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. And a five-star review certainly doesn't hurt our chances with the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, isn't it, folks? It's a great way to help us reach new listeners, and we truly do appreciate your support. The Data Download is a production of Calibra in collaboration with Stories Bureau.